Um, some of you, and most of you, know we have a mission statement here, a tagline. And I want you to say it with me if you know it. We say we are following Jesus for our community. For our community. That's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about for our community. However, let's make a really important note, which is in light of following Jesus. In light of following Jesus. Because if we do something for our community and exclude the following Jesus part... Um, what we're doing then is we're, we're doing good works, and, and that's not bad at all, right? But we're just, we are like any other organization that might do a good thing. Um, but if we do something for our community because we are following Jesus, here's what I know to be true. One, we are shining the light on Jesus Christ instead of on ourselves, and two, we are going in his power, we're going in his wisdom, we're going in his strength, and we're doing it in his authority and not our own. Amen? And so that's why we say following Jesus for our community. Now, one of the very last conversations that Jesus had, risen Jesus, note that, that he had with his disciples before he ascended back to heaven, um, he said something, and it's why we say for our community. So the disciples are gathered together. Things are a little bit strange, okay, because the one they had followed had been crucified and died, and then he rose again, and he was making appearances here and there. So things were very odd for the new believers, and so they're gathered together, and we read in verse 19 of John chapter 20, and, and our words just don't even really encapsulate what really happens here. Because all we read that it says, um, we'll start where it says, suddenly Jesus was standing among them. Can you imagine? Can you even attempt to imagine that you and your friends are gathered together? You have seen Jesus die. You know he's dead. And then you, are, you realize there is proof that he is no longer in the tomb and you're meeting together, and suddenly Jesus is there among you. Really, the words don't capture what that must have been like. Okay? So suddenly Jesus was standing among them, and he said, Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, so it was evidence of who he was. Yes, he was Jesus. And then he says, um, well, it says, They were filled with joy when they saw him. Duh. Verse 21, listen to this. Again, he said, peace be with you. And then he says this, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, Jesus said, so I am sending you. Jesus' primary identity, who he is in the Gospel of John especially, is, is that he is the sent one. He has been sent by God to do what he is doing. And then throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus often refers to God as the one who sent me. All right, so there's this, this designation. You go and read uh, the book of John, and you will find the word sent at least 60 times. 60 times in the book of John is talking about being sent. The Father sent me. The Father is the sending one. I have been sent to do these things. And so now in this final conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, we read that in verse 21. What he, does, he takes his primary identity that he has held, which is the one 
who has been sent, and now he passes it on to his followers. The Father sent me, I've been sent by the Father, and now I am sending you. Everything about being a follower of Jesus flows out of that identity. I'm sent. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm sent. I'm sent for a purpose. Jesus was sent for a purpose. He said he was sent. Now he tells me that I'm sent. I'm sent for a purpose. And so th this is something I want us to, to grab a hold of, that, that we understand that as a follower of Jesus, no matter what you are doing in your life, no matter what your profession is, no matter what kind of personality you have, whether people are drawn to you or they go, ah, and they run away. I don't know. That's not good. We'll work on that. We'll, we'll, we'll help you with that. Um, but like, no matter whatever your personality is, whatever you do in life, what all these things, no matter what your spiritual gifts are, whatever they are, wherever you are, you, as a follower of Jesus, are a sent person. You've been sent. You're for your community. You sent, you're not sent for yourself. You're not sent just so you can go and be alone, just you and, and your prayer life and Jesus and God and, and you go in your prayer closet as Scripture talks about doing there, that we need to do sometimes. But you're not sent just to do that. You are sent. And that's why we say for our community because we are sent. And so when Jesus says in verse 21 of John chapter 20 that as the Father has sent me, so I send you, we need to hear those words as if he is speaking them to us. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Look what else um, Jesus says to his followers in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. And this is important for us to hear because um, you know, some of us, because of our personality or our giftings, when we're told that we're sent, we're like, all right, let's go. And others of, others, others of us are like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that. I, I can't do that. I don't know what to, how to function with that kind of a, uh, you know, commission that I've been given to go and do. But listen to what Jesus speaks in verse 8, Acts chapter 1. He says, but you will receive, say this word with me, power. You'll receive power, thank you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Jesus could have said a lot of different things here. He could have said some things that were, again, true and good. He could have said, you will be my worshipers. He could have said, you will be my Bible studiers. Not a bad thing, right? And, and, and true. He could have said, you will be my disciplers. You will, you will make a point of sitting down and meeting one-on-one -on -one and going through God's word and all these things. None of those things are inaccurate. But what did he say specifically? You will be my witnesses. My witnesses. That's what he said. 
So what I want to do is I just want to look and I want to encourage and I want to uh, remind, I, I want to uh, help you uh, grasp this and see this and take a hold of this and claim this for yourself, these truths to strengthen you, to encourage you about being someone who is sent, about being someone who is a witness, about being a person who is for your community. Four different truths I want to share with you. The first one is this. And I remember the first time I heard this. The first one is this, is that God is always at work around you. God is always at work around you. I remember being a new believer, and I did a Bible study called Experiencing God. Any of you ever done that study? Okay, it's kind of an older one, but man, it's, it's good. And I did it a couple of years later, and it was really interesting because I, it was like a workbook, you know, and you fill in the stuff. And it's interesting because I, uh, when I looked at it, some of the answers or thoughts that I had were like verbatim the same. And then others were were different and new. But one of the key points of that Bible study, Experiencing God, I think it's by Blackaby and King, if I remember. But one of the main points of that study was this, God is always at work around you. God is always at work around you. So when you go, okay, I'm sent. Okay, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I've given my life to him. And I, and I understand now from scripture that I'm actually a sent person. I'm supposed to be a witness. I'm supposed to be for my community, right? I'm not just sent for myself, sent for others. That's obviously an other outward thing. It's not an inward thing. But that should be very encouraging for us to know and understand that God is always at work around us, right? He doesn't he didn't use any PTO. He, he's always there. He, he is always at work around us. In John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, my father is always working, and so am I. God is always at work. I am at work. And if he says, I have been sent as the father has, been, has sent me, and now I'm sending you, we can take John 5, 17 and go, God is always working. Jesus is always working. He has sent me. Therefore, I should always be having a mindset of looking around going, what can I do, God, in your name? What can I say? Who can I impact, reach out to, talk to? Because of all this, God is always at work around you. See, God is the one, and this, again, this is, should be encouraging for those of us that go, I don't know what to do with this information. I do not have this within me naturally. He's the one that draws people. God, by his Holy Spirit, is the one that, that draws people, that it's his grace that's at work. You, you don't have to conjure this up, right? This is God's work. He's the one that he creates interest in us. He's the one that presents himself as the answer to our questions. You know people who have questions, and God is the one who presents himself as the answer to those that should, that should really be a huge relief to all of us. I'm not responsible for saving anybody. You are not responsible for saving anybody, right? That's God's work. That's God's work. But at the same time, and I want you to hear this, we have, you have an indispensable role. Indispensable. Faith comes, as the scriptures tell us, only by what? Hearing the word of God. All right? That faith comes only by hearing the word of God. And so we're the ones told to witness to other people. 
We're the ones told to witness the scriptures, to share the scriptures, to live out this life, to open up the scriptures with others and do that. So we have a part to play, but it's not all resting on us. So when I talk about us being for our community, I would, I would say this, that we are for our community because God is always at work in our community. Right? We're, we're not saying, oh no, God hasn't been here in Valdosta. We better do something. Like, No, God is at work in Valdosta. God is at work in Lowndes County. We say, okay, God, where do you want me? What, where's, where's my role? What's my part to play in all this? Here's another truth to strengthen you and encourage you about, about being a sent one. And it's this, that to embrace a theology of community. Embrace the theology of community. I wish I could tell you where I got that term. I read it somewhere during seminary, and I don't remember where or when. I would love to cite it appropriately. But embrace a theology of community. Because, see, for many of us, we make our understanding of God about just me and God. It's just, just me and him. i got to understand it for me, and it doesn't really involve other people. But you, friends, you open up the scriptures, and it is, it is, it is a theology of community. When, when God talks about salvation, especially when you look in the Old Testament, he's talking about a corporate covering of his people. He's not like, hey, just you, Moses, you're the only one I'm ever going to... No, he's like, my people, my beloved it, it is a communal thing. And so we should continue that, embracing that, understanding that theology of community. That just means this is how we view God. God favors, honors community. We should view it that way as well. We integrate this into our life. So, so I would say this, going back to the point I made a minute ago, that someone who is for their community, right, then we, we function in a way where we understand that we are in the profession we are in as a follower of Jesus, that we live in the neighborhood we live in, and we have this opportunity to have a theology of community there, have a theology of community where we work, to have a theology of community on a particular hall, you know, like, or sitting to that, that particular person in class or uh, on an airplane, you know, that there's a reason that we are there and we, have, we function with this theology of community. And, we, and you do it going, okay, I believe God has put me here. I believe that I am here in this place. And because God is always at work, then he's at work right now. And here I am. What can I do, God? What can I do? He has called us to be a witness. And, and there's times when, okay, if we have a theology of community and, and those in that community, it can be, we've talked about this before, that definition can mean a lot of different things. It can mean Lowndes County. It can mean the street you live on. It can mean your, your, uh, uh, your work. It can mean a group of friends, the hobby you're a part of, like, you know, the things that you do with other groups of people. I mean, community looks and is different in different ways, but it's all still community. And, and we function in that, and we go, wow, okay, I want to, because I've been called, Jesus has sent me just as he has sent, I've been sent, and God's always at work, here I have this opportunity to be alive. And there are times when the community you're a part of might experience brokenness. Well, then that becomes your brokenness. 
or, or the, the community you're part of has a need, and you go, okay, how can, I, how can I be a part of this meeting this need? Or when there are questions in the communities that you are a part of, that as a follower of Jesus, you're not saying you have the answer, you're just saying you know someone who does. You know someone who does. A theology of community is exactly why, um, kind of kind of side note, but something I've been, I've been praying about and talking about, and I'm talking with our ministry board about this. Um, I believe it's, I think it's kind of a crucial next level commitment kind of uh, for our church. And that is creating a new role, a new, a new staff role of, of a connections pastor. Someone who can take um, opportunities that occasionally like, that, that I might do, or I might lead, or Justin might lead, or Kristen might lead, that we do along with what we're already doing, and we kind of give attention to it for a period of time for our community, right? But have someone who is able to be committed to that, committed to uh, investing in deeper relationships with organizations in our community, with ministries, um, creating opportunities for adults to do missions like we have so faithfully sent our students out to do. Someone who is able to be that connector in a way that, that none of us you know, on staff can really do. That's something that has really has developed over the last year. I see that as a really great need for us to do that. Um, and the thing is, I don't know who, I don't know who the connection pastor is going to be. Uh, I just know that we have a need for one, and I know they'll be here, and when God shows us that, then, then that'll be so. We're budgeting for it for next year and everything. But we do this, okay, all in all, was, I know it's a side note, but right, we embrace a theology of community. We see, we understand the eternal ripple effects that go out that are possible when we invest in, in our community. This is who we are. So I would say we are for our community because we embrace a theology of community. Here's a third truth to, I think, strengthen and encourage you about being someone who is sent, being someone who is told to be a witness, to be for your community. And this is, friends, would you know, would you understand that you are somebody's someone? You are somebody's someone. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever prayed for someone who is distant? Um, maybe it's geographically distant, but I actually mean maybe they're relationally distant. Maybe they're spiritually distant. And you have prayed for them like, you know, like ugly, snot, cry, praying for them. You've prayed for them. And, and have you ever prayed for someone like that? And often what you end up praying is, God, would you please send someone would you please bring someone? Because maybe for whatever reason, it can't be you. And you've prayed, God, would you please send someone into their life so that they will see you, so that they will turn back to you, so they will for the very first time say yes to you? I know a lot of you have prayed that prayer. Listen, if you ever think that what you're doing as a follower of Jesus is not of value or you don't have anything to offer. I just want you to hear this and realize 
that at many, many points in your life that you don't even, real, that you don't even know along your faith journey, you have been the answer to someone's prayer because you've been the somebody. You have been the someone. When someone has said, please send someone, then there you were. And you don't even know it. So when Jesus says we're sent, when Jesus says we are, that, he, that we should be for our community, that's... The, be, I want you to be my witnesses. That's just saying, be, be a witness. Who are you witnessing to, yourself? No, for our community. That you are somebody's someone. You have been, you are right now, and I am pretty certain that you will be somebody's someone. We need to understand that and realize that. God has placed you in places, in circumstances, in situations to be somebody, someone. And it's not for them to go, oh, wow, I can't believe, you know, Allison, she's it. No, Allison will say, hi, I'm Allison, look at Jesus. Allison here, there's Jesus, I want you to see Jesus, not me. When someone says that, it's like, no, it's not to look at you, it's for you to point them onward to Jesus. That's what it means to be a witness, Right? So we are for our community because we are somebody, someone. And here's the fourth truth about being for our community that I want to share. And, and we've already kind of touched on this, but, but I want to bring it back to this. And that is for us to just to understand that we can be a servant in our community. We can be a servant in our community. You know, what's your goal in life? <laughs> Is it to be a consumer? We've talked about that. Is it, is it to, do you, do you have some dreams and you just want to achieve those dreams? Or do you have a set list of things you'd really like to experience and you're just trying to knock those things off your list and, and take some really good pictures along the way? You know, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But my goodness, if you're a follower of Jesus, then, then I, I think we need to make sure that we, we fit. No, that's not the right word. I, I misspoke there. We don't fit this in. We make this priority. That we understand that as a follower of Jesus, I am sent. As the Father has sent Jesus, he has now sent me. I'm a sent person. I am someone to, to witness. I am to be for the community that I am in. Right? So that is a living more outward than inward. It should be. It is about reaching out. It's about asking questions of people, just what about their life. It's about inviting other people into your home or to sit at the table and share a meal. It's sharing your story with them, listening to them, looking to meet the needs of other people. We should be a servant in our community. That's what that looks like. Here's a perfect opportunity, and, and really this is the whole reason I wanted to take a little break from the Leviticus series today. A perfect opportunity for you to be for your community. Um, next Sunday afternoon, you already heard it in the announcement videos from Nikki. Next Sunday, October 30th, it's our fall festival. We call it Porch Fest. And now you go, okay, that's a great Sunday afternoon deal. We'll hang out. Um, but here's the deal. I, I don't, the opportunity could not be teed up 
better for you, <laughs> more perfect for you, that here it is for you to invite someone, bring someone, arrange to meet up with some people who need the community of Jesus Christ. And they might not even know that yet. But you do. You realize it. In your conversations with them, and in, in, your, in your observation of what's going on, you know they need the community of Jesus. Right? And maybe... Maybe they do know, but they're not ready. We've talked about that. They think they're not ready to come to a worship service. They're not ready to walk in the door and, and, and do all that. They're, they're not ready to, to go to a community group. It's just not where they think they are. But you know what they will do? They'll come and let their kids come to the petting zoo. Or, I mean, eat some funnel cakes in the name of Jesus. Is what they'll do, Right? Um, and, and play carnival games and get their faces painted with cute things that you can get painted on your face. And, and, and the adults can take an, I mean, who, who doesn't need a little axe therapy, right? Throwing an axe at a target, you know, like that would be great. Or to eat free hot dogs and chili and just hang out on a beautiful fall day. You see, while that's going on, what happens is, is that you introduce them to people hey, this is so-and-so from my community group. Or you know they've got a high school student or a college student, and you're like, hey, I'd like you to meet, I'd like you to meet Justin and Allison. I really, I, I'd like to introduce you to them. Oh, here, here's Kristen. Here's our, here's our porch kids pastor, you know. There's, there's Shannon. There's Josh. But then there's other people, like, and you introduce them, right? And maybe, maybe they'll see that we're not complete weirdos as Christians, Maybe. But more importantly, <laughs> here's what I love, is we understand God's always at work around us. So is God working at a fall festival? Mm -hmm. He sure is. He most certainly is. And so you have this trust. Okay, God's at work here. So God's going to work in me. God's going to work through me. God's going to work in the others around us. And, and we're going to have just real-life conversations with people. And then that opens doors to say, hey, you know those people you met? Well, we're all in a community group. You want to come? Or, hey, you know all those people over here? Like, we're all together on Sunday morning. You want to come and be a part of that? If you don't have a church, come on. And then you continue that, that being in their community because you're in it together. And you're like, I'm going to invest in this because I want to be a servant. I'm going to be present. I'm sent as J Jesus sent me like he was sent. And I just think, friends, so many of us, we... Naturally, we are just inward. We turn inward so much. I turn inward so much. And, and I need, and I, I needed to prepare a message like this today. So I apologize if you didn't need to hear this. I needed to write it. I need my eyes to go outward. I need my, my uh, theology to be about community and not about me or my, my what's going on in my little world maybe you do too maybe you do too think about this the reason that you know God the reason that you have a hope and the reason that you have a future is because Jesus was sent for you And for many of us, we can name them. 
Somebody was our someone that God used. Somebody had a very important role in that journey of faith. Maybe it was a couple of somebodies. And now, Jesus is saying to you, as the Father has sent me, so I now send you for your community. Be a witness for your community. And so we will. Would you pray with me? Lord, we know that you are always at work around us. Always. So, Father, would you, first and foremost, would you forgive us if we have been merely focused on ourselves? Lord, would you help us to embrace the theology of community as you've shown it to us, as you modeled it for us? Would you help us, Lord, realize that we are most likely at this moment somebody, someone. They're hurting, maybe they're searching, they're spiritually hungry people and they are around us and somebody has prayed for someone to be in their life and here we are. Lord, would you help us to see that right now, Lord, right now, we depend on, we ask for your Holy Spirit to show us the person or the people, the family, the couple that we will reach out to today, right after the service, and we will ask them, we will say, hey, will you just come and hang out with us next week? Will you come and hang out with us? I know there's a lot going on in your life. Would you just come and have a, a good afternoon with us, Lord? We want that. We want to ask that of you, God to show us who those people are. We want to build those meaningful relationships. Father, your son Jesus was sent for us. And we want to be sent for our community. We want people to know you. We want people to know you. We want people to know the one that forgives sins, that takes them away, that gives us new life, that gives us a new name, that gives us the opportunity to walk in freedom. That's what we desire, Lord, to experience that eternal life change, to know joy and fulfillment. And that all comes through Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.